1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Join Justin Townsend and the Harvesting Nature crew as they explore the world of cooking wild fish and game while sharing recipes, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from their pursuit of wild food. We sure hope you ate before the show, because you're going to leave hungry. This is the Wild Fish and Game Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Harvesting Nature's Wild Fish and Game Podcast. you got your host here, Justin Townsend, and uh, tonight we got some special guests on that we're going to chat with. We're going to chat uh, in-depth about some cool projects they're doing. We're going to learn about their organization and uh, really understand their connection to wild food and, and wild places and, and all the wild things that we love talking about. So uh, that's coming up. First, I'll get a bit of news out of the way. Um, let's see, the big news for me. Oh, if you didn't see, everyone, we're launching a magazine. That's kind of a big deal. Uh, we're going to be coming out with our first edition in March. Uh, it's going to be a quarterly publication. We're going to be doing virtual and uh, on-demand, or print-on-demand, sorry, print-on-demand. So what that really means is, you will have the ability to read online on our website. You'll, uh, if you subscribe to it, you will get a PDF copy of the magazine. And then if so you choose, you can also, in the same medium, order a printed copy, which will print and ship to your house. So this is really great for us, one, because we don't really want to hold a lot of stock of a magazine on hand uh, and deal with all the distribution and stuff of it, and then, you know, all that paper if nobody wants paper. So we're really just leaving it up to you uh, to see, hey, do we want to read it electronically or do we want to, you know, have the paper version? I personally will probably buy both, but that's just me because uh, I still love the feel of a magazine on the fingertips. Um, but the cool thing about the electronic version is that it has the ability for the advertisements that you see in there. You can click those, and they'll go directly to the, the link. So we're going to have some cool uh, companies that we're working with uh, that are going to be advertising in the publication. You'll be able to see their stuff up front on the pages and then also click through directly to that. So that's cool short shortcut that uh, we want to offer you. Uh, so that's a neat functionality of it. We'll also, I think we're going to try to embed some videos in there and just have some cool functionality to really like add some extra elements to the magazine uh, that makes it even more entertaining than normal. But 
really excited. We've uh, solidified the lineup. We've assigned the riders. So really, we're kind of in the production and design phase of it. So we're pushing forward into March. Uh, Mid-March is our target release date. Keep an eye out. We will socialize this very much across all our platforms so that you know whenever it's coming out. Um, outside of that... Uh, we still have virtual cooking classes, so uh, those are available. Adam and myself have been chomping away every couple weeks, uh, one of us knocking out one of those classes. I think next up, uh, either this week or next, I'll be teaching a uh, egg rolls class, so classic uh, wild game take on classic like Chinese food egg rolls, which is really fun. Not challenging to do, but just fun uh, to do. You really use a ton of different ingredients around the house to put into an egg roll, and it's just like a, a mini fried burrito, in my opinion. If you listen enough, you'll understand how much I love burritos and tacos, so that uh, goes without explanation. Uh, outside of that, I uh, took my daughter out this weekend uh, up into the mountains here in Colorado. And we decided to go traipse through about uh, knee-deep snow in some places and uh, shot my first pine squirrel. Super stoked about that. Uh, it was cold and snowy, and she had snow all over her boots. But uh, I will go on record saying this is the first thing that I have uh, shot in Colorado since I've been here. Uh, if you've listened to past episodes, you will know that uh, I had a little rough start to my Colorado hunting season. Um, but we broke that. We broke it this weekend. So moving forward, it's just going to be infinite game everywhere, I hope. But if not, it is what it is. We still had a good time. Uh, it was great getting my daughter out uh up into the mountains and 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 checking things out. So, uh, with that said, I'll go over to Colin. Colin, you got any updates? Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Colin. Uh, I actually don't have <laughs> any updates. It's been kind of a been kind of a slow week here. Uh, haven't been able to get out for any waterfowl. That's really the only thing open right now. Uh, but this Saturday is the Veterans Day, Active Duty Day waterfowl. So I'm gonna try and get out there for that. Uh, at least one more time. Um, that being said, can I talk about the seasonings? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know what? Let, yeah, let's, let's talk, talk about, about this. All right. So we're go for it. We're going to be releasing a line of wild game blended seasonings later in the year. And fish. It, and wild fish. game and fish blended seasonings and forageables too. And and forageables. Um, so <laughs> I got my first set of four. Uh, yesterday, and I diced up a couple of mule deer steaks and seasoned them per the instructions and tested them out. I'm not going to tell you which ones are my favorite because I don't want to influence the court here, but uh, it was pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. I uh, got to try out the different flavors and kind of go back and forth and see which ones I liked, uh, what I liked about different ones, and took some notes on them, and uh, you get to snack on some Nice wild game in the process. Uh, but tonight I'm going to do the same thing with some Canada Goose that I have from out here, some Gadwall that I have that's also from out here, and I think I pulled out some elk backstrap for it also. Uh, so I'm going to do the elk nice. tonight too. Uh, and then I, I remember that yeah. I have some blacktail backstrap in my freezer, so I'll probably do that Ooh. tomorrow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so so what we're doing is we're taking all these spices. So we've identified, I should say, yeah, Casey and I identified like four blends we wanted to test out on Big Game. And uh, so once we received those blends, we I then compiled this kind of sheet to test it. And because uh, 
all of us have different types of game in our freezer. I just went with the big game, uh, different types of elk, different types of deer. Uh, I tested antelope. We've got bear on the list. And so I didn't tell them the names of the spices, the spice blends, or what was – I told you what was in it. Yeah, it has but, a description, like ingredients. Yeah, you have a description so you know, but I didn't tell you kind of – I didn't want to sway a title favorite. So – what they did is uh, everybody's divided up, just like Colin said, and testing a certain amount of meat with a certain amount of spice, and then we're going to rank order. Everybody's rank ordering these spices, and then at the end, I'm going to compile all the data, and we're going to pick the different blends and assign them to, like, Big Game and Waterfowl will be this two run. And then next up, we'll be doing Upland, uh, upland uh, Fowl, so that will include all your flying birds. That's Fowl. Uh, and turkey. So we'll try to have that one out for turkey season. But the big game one we'll have now because I'm hoping that the majority of folks have big game in their freezer and they're like, yeah, let's do this. Let's try out this sweet new seasoning. So that's the plan there. I'm glad, Colin, you brought it up. Completely slipped my mind. But we're super excited and just know that we are thoroughly enjoying the testing because as Colin mentioned, we get to eat all this, which is great. Best part. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So uh, anything else, Colin? No, that's it for me. All right, great. Well, I will introduce our guest. Uh, So tonight we have two guests on. Uh, So our first guest today grew up spending time in the outdoors at her family's farm in Missouri and was fortunate to have a father who took her out fishing on the streams, ponds, and lakes that are plentiful throughout the Ozark region. As an adult, he also took her deer and turkey hunting, starting new traditions she continues with her two kids. She is also the founder and CEO of Venku, the number one site to book hunting and fishing trips across America. Our second guest is an Eagle Scout who grew up in a military household. His father was a fighter pilot and colonel in the Air Force, and his family moved a lot, which gave him the opportunity to live in many beautiful places across the U.S. and cultivate a love for the outdoor activities. With his wife, Jerry Ann, did I say that right? Oh, sweet. With his wife, Jerry Ann, as his business partner, he spent 20-something years in the restaurant business operating popular venues ranging from white tablecloth to casual Italian. His interest in wild game came after their semi-retirement when he and his wife no longer had access to the high-quality meats and produce available to them through their commercial suppliers. Please welcome... Muriel Gaither and John Wyman to the Wild Fish and Game podcast. Thank you Beautiful. so much, Justin. Appreciate that introduction, and it is our pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. Excited to be here. We're, we're yeah, we're excited to have you both on and chat uh, chat through all this fun stuff we've got lined up. Uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, I will give credit. Corey writes really great introductions. That's kind of his, his, uh, his thing too. So, uh, I will not take credit for that, but I do love it equally. Um, so with that, will you each kind of tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, I mentioned kind of where you're from, but, uh, any other details and then how you're introduced in the outdoors? Um, father, daughter. Absolutely, yes. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> we are. So um, the father that introduced me to the outdoors is, I'm fortunate enough to have him sitting right here next to me, and, and we're now business partners in our current venture at Venku. But um, as the introduction stated, yes, we, we spent a lot of time um, enjoying the outdoors together whenever I was a child. Um, we were always 
sneaking away and and um, and visiting the various streams and um, and waterways around us. We're actually we live on the Mississippi River, so um, oh, so nice. yes. So aside from from actually being able to fish and enjoy um, some of the other uh, tributaries and, and um, waterways around us, we have this phenomenal body of water that uh, that was there that we could. And we've yet to figure out what to do with it. Right. We <laughs> 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 really fished it. So, um, you can't swim across it. You can, yeah. And, there, nope. and, there, and there's some crazy catfish. <laughs> yes, crazy huge catfish. But, um, so that really was my, my first introduction to the outdoors. Um, and uh, as, as you mentioned, too, um, as I have gotten older, um, our family farm property in central Missouri has become incredibly important. And that's actually where... I was introduced to hunting um, as an adult. Uh, I've, I've come to the sport of hunting, and um, and now those are traditions that we are really thrilled to be um, carrying on with my with my two children. Um, traditions that I didn't necessarily have growing up, um, hunting traditions, but uh, it's really neat to see their connection to where their food is coming from, and the fact that um, you know this animal gave its life and. And now we're respectfully um, preparing it and, and enjoying it together as a family and, and sharing that together as a family is extremely powerful. And uh, it's something that I don't feel I learned early. I, I, I don't think I learned that early enough. Um, mm. it, there, there was that disconnect until I actually was able to get out there and experience it for myself. Absolutely. And you were talking about your first uh, pine squirrel. So we recently became the proud owners of a 1948 Springfield 22 long rifle that is a match to oh, wow. one that has been in my family since probably 1948. So um, we've got, um, I've got two grandkids, Muriel's kids, that are definitely going squirrel hunting this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Perfect. Yes. That is super cool. We just, uh, my, my daughter's been on me about the squirrel hunting. Uh, and, you know, we've been very focused on, like, it was big game season, so we were trying to go through deer, and, like, we were out in eastern Colorado with Colin and, like, out on the plains, and she's like, Dad, where are the squirrels at? And I'm like, there's no trees out here. And uh, she's like, yeah, but I want to go squirrel hunting. And I was like, well, how about we go goose hunting instead? And she's like, well, I don't know. Like, I, you know. They're pretty similar. Yeah, I just kind of want to. <laughs> yeah. I don't know uh, why she was so excited to go squirrel hunting, but uh, we went on Sunday, and she was just – she had a blast. Uh, despite getting, like, very snowy, uh, like snow all on her boots, like feet wet, all that, we had to we had to call a little early because of that. But now she has the uh, – the squirrel tail is in salt up in, in the kitchen. Oh, She's excited to, like, to have it and, like uh, – Yes, that is yeah. – and you know what? Squirrels are having a moment. Yes, they are. Um, you know, we talked about, that was one of the things um, years ago I wanted to get into because I thought, you know, you always see them everywhere. It seems like they're so plentiful. Mm -hmm. That is until you try to hunt them and then they're nowhere to mm -hmm. be. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I always thought it seems like something really easy to get into and, and enter, you know, entertaining and you kind of combine a trek through the woods along with hunting and um, it seems mm -hmm. a lot more accessible. And I think that folks are really starting to pick up on that accessibility and, um, uh, you know, we, we've even have stories, and, and I know we're going to talk about it here in a little bit, but in the cookbook, one of our contributors even mentions um, just how laid back and casual squirrel hunting is and how it can be such mm -hmm. a, a palate refresher from all of the expectation and the pressure that comes along with some of these other hunts. 
um, you can just get out there and and renew your love of hunting and renew your passion for hunting in that way. And I think um, you know, squirrel hunting is becoming a lot more popular now than it has been yeah. over the last several yeah. decades yeah. for that reason. Mm-hmm. I, I think so, and uh, I think another cool thing, it's a very, like, it's a communal activity as well. So you can go out with, like, a group of people or share it, whereas sometimes, you know, you go deer hunting or elk hunting or big game hunting, and it's it's oftentimes you're kind of solo. And uh, so it has that, like, solidary moments. While that can translate very well into small game, I think it also, on the other side of the spectrum, just like you mentioned, it's easy to get folks introduced to it. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get people excited about it because the success rate's higher. And then it's also something that, like, you know, us us four could go out and just do and, like, and still have a conversation and a good time and, like, enjoy each other's company. So, And they are a lot easier to pack out. So. <laughs> Much. I carried mine like this. I was like, ah, oh, I got it. I put it in the freezer. So I skinned it, and it's in the freezer. I want to wait till I get other squirrels. Probably. I'll probably wait till we get a good, uh, hopefully, a few more. So, yeah. Sorry, Colin. Go ahead. No, I think another part of it is, like, the ease of going squirrel hunting. It's just like, hey, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to go hunt squirrels in the backyard? <laughs> and you just walk out into the woods. And it's not like, hey, you, you want to go deer hunting? And then we have to get all this gear, and all of a sudden it's an hour and a half later, and you're like, oh, yeah. oh well, it's kind of late. <laughs> so Exactly. Yeah, exactly. you just kind of pick exactly. up and go. Yeah, yeah, really cool. And you get to take your you get to take your dog. I mean, so, I mean, there's a lot of, like, just a lot of family. Yeah. They create squirrel dogs. I mean, they just, they can chase them down, get them off the tree. I mean, they're seeing things that you don't see. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. although there are a, a lot of folks that get very serious about training uh, small game dogs, squirrel dogs, or, or rabbit dogs and so forth, but at the same time, just the, the family pet out in the woods with you is a, is a blast as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I, I think that that's – I was definitely thinking about that. I was like, man, I wish I had a dog out here with me. <laughs> <laughs> help, help my success rate but a cool thing is that so in some of the Colorado state parks uh, a certain part of the year they carve out and they allow small game hunting um, in certain designated areas so otherwise throughout the year you're not getting any type of hunting pressure at all and it's just like you can just go out and kind of wander the hiking trails and you know it, it does add a, a layer of complexity to it because you're like ah there's hikers out here too like I want to be extra safe but there's also like there's some untapped squirrel resources out here that I'm here to take advantage of. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think I think it's really cool, and um, we we have actually a variety of squirrel hunts that are available on the site too. We we have not yet booked one, but anybody who's listening right now and is interested in getting in into squirrel hunting or trying their hand at squirrel hunting, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely look us up because we've got plenty of access to those. Well, it's a great and it's a great uh, gateway ex- experience mm-hmm. too. So I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, and my first whitetail was a little bit scary simply because it it's a big animal. I mean, mm-hmm. what do you what do you do? Mm-hmm. How do you, exactly do you handle it? There's a lot of a lot of responsibility that comes with it, and um, you know, not not so much with a, with a squirrel. So, <laughs> yep, that, yeah, that's how I it's that's a, how I learned to skin a deer was by skinning a squirrel and rabbit. Absolutely, I like it. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. 
Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Um, well, since you mentioned it, let's talk a little bit about uh, what VenQ Outdoors is, and then after that we'll talk about the cookbook and we'll tie them together. So I guess what, what is it and what inspired it? Uh, at Ventu, we help people book hunting and fishing experiences. Um, at this point, we have over um, 600 hosts on the platform. They're vetted, top-notch guides, outfitters, and private landowners from all across America. And we have over 2,700 experiences that are readily available to be booked, um, which means you can hop on the site right now, and if you want to go on a, an iguana hunt in Florida next week, um, you can start yeah. and find something and book it. Um, it's a really neat tool and platform. Um, on the flip side, too, uh, one of the things that, as we were developing the platform, really stood out to us is that um, there are so many barriers that people experience when trying to get outdoors. And um, and personally, you know, as I mentioned, I, I um, came to the sport of hunting as an adult. Um, and even with fishing, too, you know, there are a number of barriers and a lot of factors that can be very intimidating for people who are just starting out. So um, we have worked to eliminate as many of those barriers as possible. Um, that includes uh, lack of knowledge, um, lack of access to the experience, um, lack of knowledge, which is addressed through having a, a good variety of experiences. Some of them are guided, some are semi-guided or self-guided. Um, and they can really be tailored to whatever um, your experience level is. And then um, lack of equipment. A lot of times with hunting and fishing experiences, the equipment is a huge barrier because the cost is, is so much to start um, to get started with it. And so uh, a lot of our the guys and outfitters that we work with um, will actually provide the equipment, whether it's um, in the form of the weapon or in the form of um, waders or, or other types of equipment mm -hmm. that they'll need. Um, and so really seeing our vision for the platform is that we're making the outdoors more accessible and uh, one by one knocking down those, those barriers that people commonly experience to um, accessing those. And I was just uh, I was just looking here at your uh, – this is one. Because being in Colorado, I was like, ooh, what's in Colorado? So 
Chicago Basin Summer Drop Camp. And for those who don't know, like drop camp, that's like the full that's the full deal. You just basically just bring your clothes and and whatever you need to harvest the animal, and like that's that's pretty solid. And, uh, and there's, um, there's different layers too to the trip. So for the drop camp, for example, um, you could opt to have those guided. You can opt to have um, oh, yeah. all inclusive, where there's actually a chef there preparing the meals for you. So you literally just show up and and enjoy yourself. Um, there's immersive wilderness experiences all the way to urban experiences um, where, you know, depending on where you're living, um, you could just go right outside your um, your back door and within 30 minutes be outdoors and uh, have everything that you need to enjoy it to the utmost. So what's, what is, uh, what is one of your favorite out of all the trips and things you have on, and this is a very broad question because I see it's like it's it's all encompassing, but like what's the one that stands out is like this one looks really cool, either that you've done or that you're like, I want to do this one. I have not done this one yet, but we have a black bear hunt in Alaska that mm-hmm. uh, is by boat, and so it's kind of like a spot and stalk, but by boat. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the host, Sam, will actually take you up the river and um, he'll take you to some of the areas where the bears are feeding in the springtime and um, along the way he will also go crabbing and you all will eat the crabs that he has prepared for your group and so I just think that that sounds like such a phenomenal experience. Um, You kind of have all of these different uh, sensory experiences colliding in this one. Um, not only are you out with a, a super experienced Alaskan um, guide and and hunting one of the tastiest meats that you possibly can be bring there, yes. um, but you're mm-hmm. also enjoying uh, all of the other fruits of the sea and the river and um, just the full experience. Sounds really cool to me. Oh, yeah, that yeah, sounds cool. really awesome. Yeah, I, I might have to look into that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah I'll well, while you do while you're doing that, look into this. Uh, look into this uh, night of of uh, frogging down in Louisiana, because yeah. we got a guy. Oh, all got, right. Got a rice plantation down there, and um, they know what they're doing. Uh, they yeah. throw, they raise huge bullfrogs, and so you go out and you do um, you frog all night, and then they'll prepare them for you, and you get a little Zydeco, and you get a little beer, and you get a little whatever else going on, and um, it looks like an absolute blast. So. How funny. So I'm in Alaska oh, yeah. and in yeah. Louisiana. But at the same time, I'm really I'm thinking about New Mexico, the packing trip. Um, yeah. In New Mexico with uh, trout fishing, I mean, you're, you're packing into these, really just these um, these virgin streams, and you're you're catching these native, very, you know, these native trout in the, you know, in the mountains of New Mexico, and it's just absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's just kind of like one of those once-in-a-lifetime things. So there's there's so many opportunities on Bencu that are um, – Opportunities that are readily um, replicable um, and, mm-hmm. and easily accessible, but then there's also just those ones that they're they're just you know they're they're just showstoppers. Mm-hmm. They're, they're once in a lifetime things, and you know you you know mm-hmm. if you did this, it, it's going to stick with you. Yeah, I think it's super awesome. I was just looking at the uh, at the frogging Louisiana frogging. I like it. There's so many frogs on this picture. That's phenomenal. <laughs> But what I noticed on there is, is you guys have on the website too. So it's you're very upfront about how many people it accommodates, if it's pet friendly and kid friendly, which I think is really important. 
being being a dad of two younglings, and then uh, also handicapped accessible. So those are all really cool things that I think add a little bit of element. I appreciate the attention to detail on the website because it communicates a lot of things up front, which is really cool. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And that was definitely the goal. Um, and, you know, I think if anybody has spent any time researching these these trips on their own, um, that information mm-hmm. is really hard to find. And a lot of times if you're, um, you know, researching and you're calling a number of different outfitters or guides um, and, and you've got your questions prepared, the information is very inconsistent. There's no standardized yeah. form. And so that's a big thing that um, a big part of what we're doing is just bringing a standardization to the information that's available out there about these experiences so that you can easily compare and shop, shop and around and, yep. yeah, and plan. Exactly. And I think, it, yeah, it's pretty pretty valuable to have all the information kind of at one spot, too. And I like the geographical layout of it. Of You can basically click the states and you'd be like, oh, well, you know, I'm in Texas or I'm going to visit Louisiana or I'm going to Alaska or I want to go. And you just, boom, click it. Sorry, Colin, I cut you off. No, that's all right. I haven't – I played around with it a little bit before the show started. Um, can you filter by those options also? So can you filter by, like – I want something that's pet, pet yeah. friendly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really helpful. Also, just having both of them having to like search through individual ones, you know. But like, yeah, yeah so definitely. Them. I mean, if you, if you know you want to go snow goose hunting, I mean, you can you can you can filter by snow geese, and it, I mean, you can see everything that's on the platform as far as. Uh, so we have snow goose hunts in in North Carolina and in, in Oklahoma, Arkansas, Missouri, Kansas, um, but. Um, Canada. Yeah, Canada. I mean, literally all, all over. So one of the beauties of the platform is that, I mean, these things, these, these folks, I mean, the, the hosts on our platform are, I mean, they're just like these unsung heroes. I mean, they're, they're just absolute experts. They love what they're doing. So many of them are just completely immersed in the outdoor lifestyle. And, um, I mean, they're just, they're just top notch. Mm-hmm. And they are, these folks are everywhere, but you'll never really know. You know, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to get them kind of like in one place where you can just where you can just see it and experience it all and um, really just get to, to pick and choose and choose new and exciting things. So I mean, if, if all you've ever done is just kind of ducks, you know, then finding out these these different these different experiences, different activities that you can do, um, I think that's that's really one of the beauties of uh, Vancouver. Yeah, and that's been one of the most fun parts of, of my job is just being able to discover all of these things and tell people about them. Um, just mm-hmm. an example, so many folks are still blown away by hog hunting. The fact that oh, yeah. there are feral hogs and they are an invasive species and there are certain parts of the country where you don't need a license and the season is year-round and you can hunt them anytime and then you can eat them afterwards. Like People are just mm-hmm. blown away by that. So. Um, and same thing with the iguana hunts. And, and um, so there's been all of these really fun, very geographic-specific experiences that unless you really you've been to that area or unless you've known somebody who's had that experience, you're not going to get that same exposure and, and even be aware that that's out there. Sure. And so that's one of the, you know, that's one of the big things that we've uh, undertaken is just bringing awareness um, not only to these experiences but then also the hosts who are out there that are, um, you know, making these experiences happen for people all day, every day, um, and doing a phenomenal job at it, too. So I, I do have one question. And I don't know, Colin, you may want to ask this question because I saw you add it to the list. Yeah. Oh. Uh, where did the name come from? 
Oh, where did the name come from? Yeah, how'd you go? Yeah. It actually means outdoors in Czech in, in Czech Republic. The ling- yeah, Czech. In Czech, like the language <laughs> yeah. Czech. All right. We, yeah, we deliberated about the name for a very long time, and um, the URL for this name was available, uh, and it meant outdoors, albeit in another language, but um, but That's we... So cool. Yeah, we felt like it still kind of captured the... Um, yeah. energy of, of being outdoors and that uh, rolled off the tongue pretty easily too. Yeah, yeah. it's different. Okay, Definitely. cool. So check for outdoors. So it's almost yeah. it's almost like outdoors, outdoors, but right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Your name means outdoors and then you have outdoors but it, yeah. it works. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. I like it. Well you'll All right, get- so sending you a hat and a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I, I, let's let's shift gears a little bit here because as I was clicking through the website, I've now landed on the recipes section, which uh, I do love guided trips and stuff, but I also love food just as much. So uh, I've landed on that section. And the first thing I see is your cookbook. So can you tell me a little bit about this cookbook? Because I saw it come out, but I didn't dive into it too, too much because I knew we were going to have this conversation. Absolutely. Um, so we we thought up, we kind of dreamed up this idea last year. Um, and really, so it comes from, from a good place, but then it also kind of comes from a, a place of frustration because now we're we're fully ingrained in the outdoor industry. We market, we promote. We're um, we're always out posting things and, and trying to get the word out there about um, about outdoor activities, predominantly hunting and fishing. And um, and it has been really frustrating to us just the negative connotations that come along with hunting and and people's perceptions um, of mm-hmm. what it actually is and and what it means. And so. Um, we were we were sitting around and, and um, thinking up some different ideas and different ways to engage the community. And, and one of the things that kept coming up is food. Um, everybody has, you know, hunting and fishing aside, regardless of what their feelings are, everybody loves a great meal and they love enjoying that time together and, um, and, and spending that time together. And so we thought, well, what are some different ways that we can bring food into what we're doing here at Venku? And um, around that same time, we were becoming really uh, aware and impressed with just the breadth of um, of chefs who are out there, whether they're professionally trained or, or homegrown talent, um, out there on Instagram and, and social media. And they're out there, and they're just constantly creating. They're pulling things mm-hmm. out of their fridge, and they're just whipping up these incredible recipes. And... Um, and they're they're not really getting the the credit or the accolades that we felt they should they, they should be getting. And so, um, the cookbook was a way of bringing together not only um, trying to cast a more positive light on hunting and then the experience afterwards, but also these incredible creators who are out there and um, they're 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 ethically harvesting wild game, and then they're also walking us through that process of after the animal is harvested, then what happens? You know, then it's um, the, the 
the creation of these wonderful meals that you get to share with family and friends and you get to share the story, um, you know, what it means to you and what it actually was to harvest that animal, which is pretty cool. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And, and um, you know, really when you think about the the, the end result of, of harvesting game is to is, is for provisions, I mean, is to provide food for mm-hmm you and your your family and so when we look at also just the um you know different ways to get people engaged in the outdoors and, and excited about outdoor experiences i mean it's just a, it's just a very natural segue and so we're kind of looking at the um you know pairing the the recipes and the in the cookbooks with the different experiences on vancouver and at just tying everything all together so that not only are you uh, are you harvesting this roosevelt elk um, column like you did in like you did this year in in Oregon, but also you know the, the way the ways to prepare it and the, you know the ways to to um, you know to take care of the uh, to take care of the, the meat and um, and just to kind of bring everything everything full circle mm-hmm. because ultimately that's what it, that's what it's about. So I've spent about 20 years in the restaurant business and most of it um, most of those most of that time was in the back of the house. I mean I was in the kitchen. And yeah, back of house. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, so, so my first experience, really, uh, my first experience hunting, other than as a child, squirrel hunting with my with my grandfather, um, and uh, who did not skin the squirrels, my grandmother did. Um, she also could cook them, and she was a pretty pretty amazing person. But um, was quail hunting, uh, quail and dove hunting as a young adult, and um, the uh, the doves were just they were just were never prepared properly. They, they weren't enjoyable. And so I really felt bad about shooting an animal that I wasn't going to eat. And so I really didn't hunt for a number of years and then kind of got back into it um, with wanting to try venison and um, got into whitetail hunting, which is, which is you know, huge in, in the Midwest and Missouri and Southern Illinois, which you know, these are all, um, that's, 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 where, that's where we live. That's kind of our, our country. Um, and after all the years in the restaurant, uh, butchering out meat and primal cuts and taking that deer and breaking it all the way down just that, that first time and just, um, just the, just how special that was and how unbelievably delicious the, the, the result was. The venison was just out of this world mm-hmm. and I was just hooked from then on. So, um, you know, I think as, as you guys were talking earlier, once we got out, my family got out of the restaurant business. I mean, sourcing good food is, is is a little difficult. I mean, we've got we've got some great local producers and local farms and so forth. But you know, initially, if you just are relying on the grocery store, it's not very easy to get to get great food. So we looked at we looked at um, wild game as you know as kind of an answer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think it's yeah that that speaks so much truth and and. Uh, you both mentioned is like that commonality and the community aspect of like everybody speaks food. Mm-hmm. So everybody has to eat. It's part of human nature. And then, you know, there's a very small portion of the population that doesn't enjoy good food. And, you know, when you think about really caring where your food comes from and kind of like following the origins and the path and really being like, I want to know what's in this and where it came from and kind of starting to really care about what's going in your body. I think that's the main connection piece between hunting and fishing and, and food and community. Absolutely. Well, and, and um, I'm not sure if you guys saw the report that Onyx 
published um, maybe a couple of months ago. But in it, they mentioned that 77% of the hunters in 2020 that they had polled hunted for meat. So I think that, you know, what we're seeing is there's this shift that's beginning to happen. And um, thankfully, uh, people are becoming much more aware of the power that they have um, Mm -hmm. transforming this animal that they've harvested into bounty for their fridge and, and for their family to sustain them through through the month, but um, but also to the potential. You know, gone are the days of, well, that tastes gamey or, um, you know, the uh, of, that's a bad that's a bad word on this show. You can't say yeah, that. Yeah, or, <laughs> just, uh, just kidding. Stuff <laughs> it with cream cheese, and that's how we always uh-huh. hear that. Um, those days are over. Um, there's no excuse for that anymore. Not that not that those dove bites aren't absolutely delicious. Prepare that uh-huh. way. Um, <laughs> it's really neat to see all of the potential and all of the different ways, and um, let curiosity be your guide with. Well, um, let's dispel some of these myths and let's see exactly what the potential is that we can do with this with this animal. And um, and you know, I have to have to mention actually several of the um, of the guests that you've had on our on the podcast were featured as contributors in our cookbook. And one of them that comes to mind specifically is Adam Berkelman, and he yeah. is yeah the intrepid eater. Um, not only is his his attitude and his joy just palpable um you know the work that he's doing with food and in the kitchen on a daily basis but um just how innovative his recipes are mm-hmm. it's just a delight and um really makes you want to go out and harvest this particular type of meat just so that you can experiment with the recipes and and um experiment with with what he's created but the same can be said of every single one of the contributors in our cookbook um that was another another kind of reason or way that we went about choosing the the recipes too is that we wanted to pick the game the the game that people um were were usually um disregarding or you know not not really that excited about and we wanted to make it something that they were excited about so in the cookbook you'll find a recipe for a pulled teal um pulled barbecue teal uh which you know teal is is for a lot of people the the first um hunt back after uh, a long um a long break from waterfowl hunting but it's also not necessarily everybody's favorite um waterfowl mm-hmm. eat so the fact that um that we can introduce a recipe that uh you know can maybe make you excited about that first hunt back after after a long break um definitely exciting to us we also had squirrel wing buffalo squirrel wing so Oh um, man, I'm gonna have to look that one up. <laughs> that might that might be uh, world to good use there. Um, and then yep. earlier, Colin, we were talking about the razor the razor clam, and mm-hmm. uh, we've got a phenomenal razor clam chowder recipe in the cookbook. Oh, okay. Um, one of our Pacific Northwest contributors, Rachel. Um, so I think that you know we really we try to be thoughtful in bringing together all different kinds of. Uh, of game and types of recipes too. Um, I'm more of a fewer ingredients and quicker to the table kind of person, um, whereas my uh, my father John is is a process oriented person, and um, he I, I gifted him the book for Christmas, the charcuterie. What was it? The I don't know. He likes to cure things and like. Yeah. Let, let meat 
sit for a really long time and develop <laughs> like a layer of mold that you have to cut off and then tries to feed it. <laughs> there, there might be some German in my background because if you can grind it up and stuff it into something, I'm all about it. Or, or um, yeah, or, or pack it down, smoke it, cure it, yeah, let some mold yeah. grow yeah. on it. Um, I'm, I'm all about that. So I definitely, um, and I don't know if you've done it or not, but uh, venison prosciutto, um, just using the uh, using the, the front shoulder, uh, I've, I've tried it a couple of times, and both times it's just turned out phenomenal. And he's had it all. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, I've had it all. Yeah. all to himself. <laughs> is, it, is it one of those things like you have it on the counter, and like every time you pass by it, you gotta get like a little shave of it? And yeah, you're like, oh, bit. this is good. Yeah. I'll, Exactly. Come back by after doing a chore, just another little shave. But the first bite was kind of tough. It's like that quote. It was a brave man that first ate an oyster. So it was like when I I scraped the mold off of the first one, I was like, everybody was like, you are not going to eat that. I was like, yeah, you know, I really am. I'm I'm going to do this. (laughs) Yeah. In the basement for six months, we're going to take, we're going to, we're going to give it a shot. I can uh I can definitely appreciate that. Oh, I I keep wanting to treat. I want to do uh oh gosh, what was it? Colin was it uh Wade and Rachel from uh Elevated Outdoors? Elevated Wild? No, Elevated Wild. Elevated Wild. Yeah. Sorry, Wade and Rachel. Elevated Wild. <laughs> um, they had uh some some cured beaver meats and oh yeah, man. it was a I, it's like beaver ham prosciutto on my to do list. Yeah. Yeah, beaver ham prosciutto. Mm-hmm. Did you did you try it or did you just hear them talking about Mm-mm. it? Uh, we th- we had them on the show. We were talking about about game fats and stuff, yeah. and and it, it yeah. evolved into uh, into learning about this prosciutto. And I was just like, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. My my attention was peaked, and I was like, yeah. oof, this sounds good. And I've uh, yet to come across uh, any out in the wild, so uh, still on the list. But I'm going to have to add that, that front shoulder on there now yeah. for the prosciutto, too. Yeah, because a lot of times, you know, especially with smaller deer, there's there's not a lot you can do with that shoulder. Mm-hmm. So keeping it all intact and, you know, and essentially, um, I mean, really what you're doing is curing and drying it. Um, it's it's a really it's – a, it's a good way to use it. And every little slice is such a delicacy. So mm-hmm. it, it turns out to be very, very special and just a way to, you know, that, that you get, you just get to enjoy that venison a little longer. I mean, you're not <laughs> just like throwing it in the crock pot and it's gone, you know, it's gone the next day. So, so there yep, may- kind of stretches it out. Yeah. yeah. That's part two to the, to the Venku cookbook, um, calling anybody that has a cured or yeah. sausage or other yeah, recipe yeah. to contribute. Um, we might have to do. Part two for our cookbook that's focused on alternative, yeah, alternative, well, alternative I mean, methods of preparation. Just, just throwing it out there for everybody, everybody that's listening to this. I mean, if you're if you're a fan of the outdoors and you've got a great recipe, um, shoot it our way. I mean, we would love to we would love to get it up, mm-hmm. get it in the, the next in, cookbook. Yeah, mm-hmm. get it in the next edition. You Absolutely. Bet. Nice. See, I I really appreciate that the openness to just like. Everybody bring your recipes. Like, let's let's just share. You bet. And it's awesome. So, I mean, things that I might that I really might enjoy, um, you know, might not trip your trigger, but and you know, and, and vice versa. So, there's there's a lot to be said for uh, you know just for diversity and creativity, and mm-hmm. and um, you know everybody's 
everybody's got their thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, I'm going to ask, because I've been flipping through the, the book here, what's what's each of your favorite recipes in this book? I know. <laughs> oh, That's going. a great question, actually. <laughs> That's a great question. The buttermilk fried quail, I have to admit, every time I see that and I just, I think it looks phenomenal. I'm going for a flip palette, frog legs. I just saw oh, those. And I'm like, you're you're on a you're on a frog kick right now. We're gonna find you in Louisiana here pretty soon on that frog trip. <laughs> you said that, and my first, my first go to is a soft shell crab. And um, oh, I was just looking at that. It looks so good. Yeah. So I mean, and you know that recipe comes out of Apalachicola, Florida, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. uh, if you're if you're a fan of, of fishing and crabbing and just you know just the bounty of the ocean. That's just like one of the most uh, most amazing places in the in the country, but um, frog legs are so crazy because you don't get them. I mean, you just I mean it's it's not something that that's just very very common anymore. Mm-hmm. I grew up eating them, and um, now they're just they're just an absolute delicacy. And for the most part, if you're not catching them yourself in a swamp or or perhaps in a a rice paddy down in Louisiana, which, you know, we can hook up with. Um, they're coming from Indonesia. And frankly, nah, that's not what I want to eat. So, No, flavor is not the same. And you never know, like, you never know the quality of the frog <laughs> from abroad. Yeah. Yeah, like, can I get some homegrown uh, frogs, I, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, too, grew up, uh, we call it, like, frog gigging uh, in Oklahoma. And it was like, that was our summer evening and night activity is like to go out with a spotlight and we'd go walk around all the cattle ponds and like find them occasionally we'd run into some snakes but most of the time it was uh we were running into frogs but uh there was nothing more that we like then we'd bring them back and clean them up and like my grandmother would fry them up and it's just like uh it was phenomenal and i actually into culinary school um that was one of my uh entering recipes into the scholarship competition was i made frog legs uh, is like an appetizer, yeah. So one of one of the restaurants that we operated was a Creole restaurant, and um, frog legs featured uh, prominently on the on the menu. And mm-hmm. at a time when really, I mean, you can't go to a restaurant and get frog legs. But yeah, that's. Um, I mean, the French loved them, and so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Take it from there. I think the only time I've had frog legs, I think I've had them maybe like two or three times, but. The most recent time in memory was at a uh, New Orleans festival in San Diego a few years ago, and they had alligator bites, uh, crawfish really? boil, and frog legs. Nice. That was like the only. Oh, cool. Was it uh, was it Gator by the Bay? Yeah, something like that. It's like a New Orleans jazz fest type thing. They got a whole bunch of music. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I remember going to that yep. too. Very cool. But they were delicious. Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely, and just and and such a unique and unique thing, and, and again a delicacy. So just yeah, neat. If, if you're if you ever have the opportunity to experience that, please do. Um, and that's neat. We actually we do have several hosts uh, in Oklahoma who offer uh, bow fishing, um, and then also mm-hmm. frog gigging and uh, and some of those other. Really, they'll just take you out at night, and you just get into all kinds of trouble. You See what happens. Do all. <laughs> <laughs> right. No it's, beer involved. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. definitely not, no. right? <laughs> uh, but, you, but 
But I would also have to say the, the peppercorn venison, going back to the cookbook mm. now, the peppercorn venison with Roquefort. I think that's um, simple and uh, and the it just it sounds like it would just be a delight for the palate. Um, sounds like the the tanginess and sharpness of the blue cheese would match well with the the mellowness of the venison and and the richness of the venison meat. Um, so I think that's another one, easy easy to implement. Um, but again, you know, just bringing some different ingredients together that um, makes it refreshes it and, and makes it something new um, and, and uses ingredients that most of us probably already have in our homes. Oh, yeah, and that's, uh, that's from Kevin. Kevin's been on the show, too. Yep. Yes, okay, very cool. He's Yeah, he's got a really neat story and um, and just the work that he's been involved with in the past. Oh, yeah. The show mm-hmm, from the wild, really cool. That show that show is phenomenal. I've uh, – I've definitely put that on and just like watched it. You don't even have to hear the sound. You can just look at it. Like it's just so visually and stimulating and just a really, really great show. Yes. Yes. So we have some classics included in the cookbook. There's teriyaki recipe. There's um, definitely some, some chili recipes. Initially, I thought we were going to have to have a whole section for taco recipies, but somehow the taco recipes ended up making it into the final cut of the cookbook. So, um, so we'll have to save that for cookbook part part two as well. But, um, but yeah, there's there's really a, a great eclectic mix, and I think something for everyone. Um, one of the things, though, and, and um, did I did I see correctly that you all have put together a cookbook as well? Was it? Um, um, or you have a cookbook? So I, well, we yeah. we do have a cookbook. Yeah. We we do have a cookbook uh, that so uh, that was mainly a lot of my contributions that we released back in 2017. Uh, and then we are also working on a cookbook project that's oh. uh, TBD. Uh, this is actually this is a first heard, but uh, we we've been working on it for a couple months now. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm not sure the timeline on it, but yeah, very cool. Well, that was something that that I was not necessarily prepared for. Um, was just the 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 level of difficulty bringing mm-hmm. all of the different formats together and um and the images and and the um just all of the formatting and everything that went into. Um, into creating the cookbook definitely gives me so much respect for um, for all of the other anthologies out there that just make it look so easy. You mm-hmm. open them up and you're just transported and um, and they do such a great job at um, well, thematic. It's challenging. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. I tell you guys though, you did a great you did a great job laying it out. Like it's very it's very. Uh, it's good on the eyes. Like it looks great. It's visually appealing. All the photography is great. And then the layout, um, you know, the steps, everything's communicated very, very good up front. So I do. That is is completely on the contributors. They, um, they were, they were phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And the photos are all, um, each of the recipes is credited with the, with the contributors, um, social media mm-hmm. account of preference. Most of them were from Instagram. Some of them have their own websites and, and own documentation. But um, that was definitely something that was important to us with this project because the whole idea is discovery and exploration. And right. so we wanted for folks to be able to follow the breadcrumb trail back to their new favorite chefs that they're then going to do a deep dive into Absolutely. and absorb all the information they possibly can from them online. So if we're going to look at roasted oysters or roasting oysters, I mean, 
they, it's done differently in South Carolina than it is done in Maine and than mm-hmm. it is done in Washington State. And so, um, I mean, being able to have a um, have a forum where everybody gets the voice and it's not just one mm-hmm. kind of one single voice. And I think we mentioned earlier too that the the one of the one of the um, end results of this cookbook eventually is to have enough material. So we'll just be sliding this into all the listings. So, yeah. So if you do go on a halibut trip in Alaska, the, the um, you're gonna you'll end up with some great ways to use <laughs> to to, um, to prepare that halibut for your yeah. your friends and family afterwards as well. So it's all just part of. I mean, to us, it's just part of the experience. I mean, it's just so it's just such an important part. And very interestingly enough, um, our hosts all feel the same way. I mean, mm-hmm. they all. Not only are they experts in the in the field of, of procuring their particular game, but also in preparing it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's awesome. I, I think it's it's so important to convey both sides of it, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I think that's that's a great motivator that you guys have is because you're like, all right, here's this experience, here's this awesome adventure to go out and obtain your own food, and then also. Hey, here's here's how you can prepare it and like really enjoy it and make the most of the animal. And I think that comes full circle. It's yeah. really awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, where can folks find your cookbook? I mentioned it earlier, but what are some of the best ways for them to to go to it? Absolutely. Well, if, am I am I able to say our website like right now? Just okay. Please. <laughs> Um, you can visit venku.com, and that's V-E-N-K-U.com. And um, up on the top navigation bar, there's a section that says recipes. So you can read more about the cookbook project, um, kind of the um, the origin story, as well as see each of the contributors um, with, with direct links to social media accounts, profiles, or other online collateral. Um, And then you can also either view the the cookbook for free or download for free. Um, It's a completely free digital uh, digital cookbook, and and again, gets at that. um, The the primary motivation, which is really just to bring bring more awareness to these incredible outdoor experiences through food, Um, just another approach that we we hope to reach people through. Yeah, I, I think you hit on that. That that piece that shows your motives true is that it's free. You just want to share with folks, which Absolutely. is great. Absolutely. So after folks have gone and visited your website, where's the best place they can connect with you on social media? What's a good way to connect with you both if they've got questions, comments, concerns? Uh, they want to throw a recipe in the next cookbook? Oh, yes. Um, anywhere and everywhere. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, uh, Pinterest. I think we even have a Pinterest account. But um, any, any button that says contact us yes. or info here or yes. or <laughs> your email, it pretty much comes to us. It so. does, yes. <laughs> and we would love we would love to have the collaboration. Um, we would also love just any notes that anybody has to send if you want to share your own experience or. Um, we especially want to see people trying the recipes and sharing their feedback with us as well. We want to see pictures. We want to see um, the engagement uh, during during the hunt and then post-hunt trying out one of the recipes. Um, there'd be nothing better than us being able to showcase uh, these, these recipes actually being um, taste-tested in the wild in, in people's personal private kitchens. Yeah, absolutely. There's, I'm I'm looking at your Instagram page now. 
I, I like to peruse the internet while also talking. <laughs> it, it, it's not a distraction. It just adds to the the realness. Um, you guys have some awesome Instagram page. You you have to yeah. Tell us what your outdoor horoscope is. Oh, let's see. Let's see. What's my outdoor horoscope? I don't know. Yeah. Do you do you uh, do you visit social media while you're in the deer stand? <laughs> uh I don't I don't know. Most most often I'm in places where the signal's not that great and my cell phone's terrible. So <laughs> usually not. I'm I'm usually on Colin's cell phone though cuz he's got better service. Yeah, and oh. most of my hunting spots are all like 40 minutes, you know, an hour away from where I am, so I get like full bars. I get more cell service when I'm out hunting than I do in my own house. <laughs> oh, I know. That was um that was my experience this last time too at our at our farm. Like I had full bars when we were out in the stand and, and at the house itself, like we get no signal. I have to rely yeah. on, on Wi-Fi, so Oh, let's see. So my my uh zodiac sign is an outdoor activity. So I'm a Sagittarius. Uh so horseback riding is mine. Accurate <laughs> <Yeah>. or no? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've spent more time on horseback working than probably casually riding, so I don't know. Uh, see, my, yeah, I don't mine know. is Gemini, which is hiking, and uh, yes. that's pretty fitting. I, I went hiking today. So. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was, that's mine as well. And I think okay. yours yep. yep. So it's kind of funny. We've had some people who have given some pretty negative feedback about the, the outdoor horoscope, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'll, I, have I, visit, you'll have to visit our Instagram and see what we're talking about. I feel a little bad for Taurus, who is uh, glamping. <laughs> so, glamping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't, I don't feel bad for Cancer, which is winery and brewery. Oh no, yes, I'm kind of jealous, I, actually. So. Outdoor activities. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yes, the glamping. Surprisingly enough, that one's gotten the most ire from people. They're like glamping. Not a um, so. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, they don't identify as a glamper, so yeah. um, definitely been the most, the more controversial, more controversial one on there. But um, most folks are, hey, we've we hit with most folks. Outdoors, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, John. Whatever gets people outdoors and just enjoying it, like yeah. have fun. Who cares what you're doing? Just be safe and just, just enjoy it for what it is. Absolutely. So, well, uh, we're kind of running down on time here. So what I like to do kind of the end is is give everybody the opportunity for a last thought, a comment, question, whatever you want to leave uh, the readers with, you want to ask us, I- anything of the sort. So uh, we'll, we'll just do a quick around the room. So whichever one of you, uh, Muriel or John, wants to go first, and then we'll move, we'll move on from there. John, you're up. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess I should have read the um... – Read the, the, the show notes. Yeah, the little show notes. <laughs> I guess what um, if I had to leave any uh, leave anybody with any any thoughts or any of any of my thoughts, you know, coming together to to do this uh, to this program. Number one, we're really excited about what you guys are doing, and um, just thank you. Just the just the whole idea, of, you know, of bringing this uh, full service and, and kind of taking the um, idea of of um, you know harvesting game and foraging um, wild edibles and so forth and just the the important part that that plays in our life and and from the standpoint of getting outside whether it's um, you know you talk about your your two young you know your two young kids being able to get outside and, and enjoy the day out outdoors and then also 
um, be productive, have a feeling of, of productivity and, and providing mm-hmm. for your providing for your family. I know that in um, you know in our fridge right now we've got wild mushrooms. My wife is she's just has this uncanny knack of spotting mushrooms. I mean, just driving down a country road at 50 miles an hour, she can she sees them. Um, so, <laughs> Wait, stop! There they are. <laughs> it's absolutely nuts. I mean, so I mean, even in in town, we had our our Christmas party in December and. And um, you know we're headed home, and, and there's this this maple tree that had probably well we we actually got nine pounds of of um, oyster mushrooms off of you know off holy of, smokes wow. and it's just right awesome. here it's just right here at the intersection in town you know with the in the the lawn of the Catholic church so this is this, you know this is the kind of thing that she can spot so you know just being able to get outdoors. Um, it takes the taste of bounty and just the, the, the beauty that are and um, and um, nutrition. I guess mm-hmm. that you know that that are that it's just there. Yeah. It's there and it, it's available, but you have to have the eyes to be able to see it in that experience as well. Absolutely, yeah, that's it. So, and I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of piggyback on that a little bit, but. Um, from a conservation standpoint, you know, there's, there is uh, a lot of really big conversations that are happening right now around conservation and the outdoors and um, why we need to care. And I think that it's critical, really. We're at a critical period in history right now where people are so disconnected from the outdoors. They're disconnected from um, green spaces and, and wild places. And so, in order for us to have allies for conservation movements and for people to um, to understand why it's so important that we preserve and protect these areas for future generations, you have to get them into the outdoors and get them engaged. And so I think that, um, you know, for anybody who uh, – for anybody who's listening right now, whatever whatever tools and means that you have of um, of engaging people outdoors, uh, do them. So if you have a platform to be able to engage people that way um, and educate people that way, uh, if you have access, um, be taking somebody with you or um, introducing somebody to these activities, um, or if you know just just whatever whatever means that you have. Um, People have to be able to experience it to know why it's so important that we care for it and care about it for future generations. Yeah, I think both, both, yeah, well said. Totally in agreement with that. Colin, what you got? Yeah, I thought this was a, a great conversation. I think the Vancouver platform is really fantastic. Admittedly, I didn't know a whole lot about it before we started the show. Um, but just through like, flipping through the cookbook as we were talking here and flipping through the all the different options you have, uh, and then talking to both of you as well, it, it definitely seems like it's a it's a worthwhile platform. Uh, I'll surely be using it. If the, not the cookbook, then everything else coming up. Um, and to tack on to what John was saying about the mushrooms, I actually got into some wild mushroom foraging out here. Uh, I'm in like one of the hot spots in North America for mushrooms. So I actually just finished off the last of my lobster mushrooms uh, a few weeks ago. That I had dehydrated and kept cool. in a jar. So, yeah, I'm really awesome. looking forward to this next year. When I mean, you just had these giant lobster mushrooms that are you pull out like one pounders at a time. So, oh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. Awesome. I'm I'm looking forward to that again. But uh, 
yeah, one of those side kind of side quests, if you want to call it. It's uh, yep. not hunting in between seasons, maybe, but hey, there's mushrooms on the ground, so go look for them. Yes. Yeah, good reason to get out in the woods. And it yep. is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, well, I, I first off want to say thank you both for coming on. Uh, it was a really great, great conversation. I'll echo what Colin said. Like, I, I think that Vincu Outdoors, your guys' platform is, uh, I mentioned earlier, like the attention to detail, but both your passions show through very much on the website and just like connecting folks to the experiences, to the availability of, of harvesting their own food. And then to, you know, as we discussed earlier, bring it around full circle and like, Hey, here's ways to prepare it. Like we're not just here to sell you awesome trips to really cool places, but we want you to enjoy your food that you got there. So, um, I, I think that's, that's super cool. And, and a lot of places are missed that. So you guys really hit the nail on the head when, when you were like, Let's share with the world. And then just the fact that it's free and you're inviting anybody to contribute that wants, I think it's it's really phenomenal. And uh, I, I definitely understand uh, the adventure that comes with that as well. So it's, it's good it's good to know. But, um, yeah, thanks both for coming on the show, and, and I really appreciate that. Uh, make sure those out there listening, make sure you go follow Vancouver Outdoors on whatever whatever social media platform you're on. Go check out their website, click around, look at it, download the cookbook, share it with your with your mom, your dad, your grandmother, your best friends, share it with everybody because it's good stuff. But outside of that, uh, make sure you're following Harvesting Nature 2 on social media and then uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening to, punch that five-star button and uh, leave us a review. Tell us what we're doing wrong or, you know, tell us what we're doing right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. to go with, like, just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Through the blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night, floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop, and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.